Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. This Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, VSIN, the sports betting network. Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw holding court at the D. I saw Dustin likes it when he has an audience. I saw Amal patiently sitting there. I don't know who was standing in front of the setup there at the D, but he was lecturing as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher. Dustin, who were you lecturing before the show started? Uh, There was a beautiful young lady who said she's a big fan of the show and specifically me and my NBA props. Okay. Now, would Amal, would you like to tell the truth as to who he was just lecturing before the show started? He likes to pontificate. Dustin's a pontificator. You know, he likes to pontificate. Patrick, I'd like to invoke my Fifth Amendment privilege. Okay. Um, no, it was it was the Frenchman, uh, Mr. Cowboy fan himself. Oh, our boss. <laughs> yeah. I could see. I don't have like just full disclosure. I don't have. I don't. Ha- I didn't have my earpiece in, so I can't hear what you guys are saying. But I just know when he's pontip, when Dustin's feeling it, like when a boss or somebody that he's impressing is in front of him, you could tell he sits up straight and he really lets him know his opinion. Big guy, you were laying it down, and you should have been laying it down because you went nuts again on a props last night. Good job by you. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was very kind to us last D-Lo. night. D'Lo making an easy cash. We had over seven and a half at even money. He had, I believe, ten assists last night. So that was a fun night. Uh, no, we were going over. For work stuff. He was asking questions. I was Whoa, answering. I was Bill Belichick. <laughs> Defensive. Def- I'm just asking. Why are you getting mad at me? Because you're you're making it like I see someone and I'm like, you know what? I could tell you how the world would be better right now. Let me fix all the problems. Like I'm going around telling people how they should do their jobs. All I'm doing is my boss is asking questions and I'm giving him the answers. Okay. Man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything. Sorry, I'm a little jacked up. I'm a little jacked. Two days in a row at the gym. Two days in a row. Two days in a row at the gym. Broke my record. Big props to the big guy. Strip club on Saturday, gym on Monday (laughs) and Tuesday. That is Dustin Sweetles. It's called balance, bro. You got to have some. And Dustin's got some good research on Debo. The 49 look, Look. We're starting to juice up on the seven. So right now, late game on Sunday, championship Sunday, Detroit at San Francisco. It's seven across the board. Now, remember, this open six and a half at DraftKings immediately got hit up to seven. I do find them all. I find the movement here interesting because we saw maybe a bad performance from the 49ers or a mid performance from the 49ers. You kind of hope they self-correct. The weather is going to be pristine. And what we've seen from the Lions is two pretty pitiful, frankly, against the Rams and Bucks defensive performances. Now, Goff and that offense have been exquisite. However, I am a little surprised that we're seeing sevens blanketed across the board. And you take a look. Remember, standard vigorous juice tax, whatever you want to call it, is 110. DraftKings is 112. Uh, we've got a couple of shops showing 115. So, 
that would lead you to believe if we're going anywhere, we're going to seven and a half. Now, if it goes to seven and a half, I, I can assure you, Amal, it will last for about seven seconds. And what you consider to be sharp or just betters in general will hit the Detroit Lions. Well, first of all, you think it'll last even that long if it goes to seven and a half. I mean, it'll be quick, as you said, seven seconds. But more importantly, when you look at a couple of factors for the 49ers, when you look at Brock Purdy's performance throughout the course of the season, a couple of games where he had hiccups, weather was a factor. In the Cincinnati game, uh, they weren't fully healthy. But the game in Cleveland, he didn't play great. That was some weather issues there. And then the game Saturday night, we had some rain in Santa Clara. He wore a glove initially, took it off. I think that impacted him. Because the one thing you look at Brock Purdy throughout the course of two seasons, he's very good at the short and intermediate throws. He's generally not high or errant on them. He just did not have a good game. If you're looking at San Francisco this week, guys, to me, you have to feel confident in I don't think Purdy could play worse. I think this team defensively wasn't great. Special teams wasn't great. Moody gets a field goal block. So if you're looking at it from a San Francisco perspective, the only place to go is up. On the flip side, I would argue Detroit defensively, they can't be that much worse than they were against Stafford and no. Baker. And I would whisper this, uh, Amal and Dustin, maybe San Francisco hasn't been good defensively for a while. Just saying. We're going to have John Middlecoff from radio up there, podcast network with uh, of course, Colin Cowherd in just a bit. He knows everything as far as the 49ers. But Dustin, again, if we get to seven and a half, Amal said it, I said it, we're not going to last there. The indications that this probably closes seven, a true number, again, the opener, six and a half, so interesting. Also feels like an opportunity for a Brock Purdy bounce back. Like uh, you, you mentioned them all. He can't be worse than he was in the weather. Well, the weather's going to be fine. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield threw it all over the Lions Ford Field. Well, now that defense is on the road. It has to travel. And you've got Brock Purdy with the lowest Q rating he's had in a very long time. I think there's potential for him with his props to go over on a few of them this week against the Lions because he can't possibly be as bad as he was last week. By the way, I know in, we're in, Sorry, go ahead, yeah, please. Go ahead. No, go ahead, no, no, please, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, with the, the Debo piece, it's 50-50 right now, boys. And so Dustin went through comprehensively and went through with Debo, without Debo, the 49ers, and also the impact on McCaffrey. So we'll get to that coming up in just a bit. Go ahead, Amal. I was just going to say just kind of a bigger picture with the Lions. Last night I was at the Bellagio, and one of the dealers is from Detroit. We always have a conversation, Michigan and Lions fan. I'm going to tell you right now, this guy was strutting around with his Lions in the championship game like he's got a date with Heidi Klum on Sunday. I couldn't believe just the the way people who are Lions fans and backers, things have changed for them in just the course of three weeks. I mean, kudos to them. I can't imagine what it's like to go through when we've talked about it at length this week. But i got to tell you, Patrick, this guy's normally reserved. Holy cow, I thought he was getting paid by the word yesterday. The pressure was on to beat Stafford and the Rams, but nothing felt like last Sunday. I don't know how to explain it. And again, I'll go back to what I said on Monday. The fact that Tampa was a nine win team and Detroit was just significantly better. I just felt so on edge and with 90 yards to go like, so I don't, it's not house money because now the lines have gotten here. It's like, there's something and there's unfinished business. Nobody believes the 49ers, although they are an all-star team are unbeatable. We saw what green Bay just did to them. So again, I think that there's a little bit of house money. Now there just seems to be a swagger. Like the people believe in this offense. I got a quote from Campbell. And this concerns me because again, He's a donk, but he's my donk, okay? I know people think I'm being facetious when I back Campbell, but sometimes he just says things, and he, this is what he said about the team's defense. He said, quote, I'm willing to give up something to get something. Now, can somebody explain to me exactly what that means except our defense stinks and our offense is good? Because there is nothing from a football perspective behind this quote from Dan Campbell that encourages me as a Lions fan going up against an all-star offense. Quote, I'm willing to give up something to get something, and he was talking about the defense's approach. What does that mean? The only thing I can think of is if you look at the offense, you've got some <laughs> what dudes. What does that mean? You're, you're paying Jared Goff. You're paying... Uh, Ragnow, you're paying uh, Decker. Who else are you paying? Who on the defense side? Hutchison's been great, has three sacks in this postseason. By the way, a Lions postseason been record. Good. They've got two good linebackers. Like, <laughs> the secondary is atrocious. They have one starter, one NFL starter in their secondary right now. Ben, don't break, but like eventually that always breaks in the playoffs. Let's hear from Dan Campbell, who talked about that defense you mentioned and taking on the San Francisco offense. What's the key? Start the run. Still the run. 
you got to stop the run because if you don't, they'll they'll rush for 250 on you, and then they won't even worry about passing. Um, it, it, everything has to start there, and yes, they are. That that's look. Shanahan does an unbelievable job of. Uh, he's he's going to work one side and make you overreact, and then he counters off of it, and then he play passes off of it, and and works the middle of the field. So, um, you know, look, you 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 got your hands full <laughs> in both regards, you know, and and uh, Purdy does a hell of a job. You know, they throw a lot of daggers middle of the field, and he does a hell of a job with touch, timing, rhythm. Uh, but we have to stop this run game. It, it just has to start there. Um, you, you, as much as you can, you have to try to make this team one-dimensional, and that's not easy to do. You get, you guys can't have him. Okay, that's my coach. But I, football 101, he just immediately he just regurgitated stop the run. Now, you guys, Jock Shanahan, and I will say what I think he does the best, and that means literally McVay or anybody calling plays right now, Ben Johnson is his pre-snap motion, his, what we call pre-snap candy. Like, I think his ability to divert attention. Now, when he's in a big spot, Shanahan freezes up because he ain't like that. He just isn't. But his ability with the pre-snap, that's what confuses me because the Lions have been tricked by that type of motion, this defense, all year. And let's be clear about Hutchinson. That sack <laughs> against Baker Mayfield, old Dustin Sweetelson out of two training sessions this week, could have gotten to the quarterback. We just got to chill about Hutch because Hutch had five sacks going into like week 17. Okay. He was fine this year and then he turned it up. Let's be fair. You're not wrong in any way you said. I just like the graphic I saw. It said uh, highest postseason sacks total recorded in Lions history. I mean, how many games have they really played? That's why I like the stat. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, yeah, you're you're comparing twelve other players. I mean, it's, 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 exactly right. There's not there's not a lot but, to it. You know, you mentioned uh, the sorry, Patrick. I was going to say you mentioned the running game last week. Look, McCaffrey winds up with 98 yards, but guys, I think it's a little bit deceptive. When you take away that 139 yard run, he winds up with 16 16 carries for 59 yards. He's not even averaging four yards per carry. The running game is we talked about is key for San Francisco, but it's not been as good as the perception of it it's been or what it is perceived to be in terms of what the reality is. Well, they were playing from behind. That was the big issue, right? They, what, they, were, never, they were never down by more than one score. Yeah, but they were still behind in, what, the, in the second half. But that doesn't affect his yards per carry. No, no, but I'm just saying everything about the 49ers offense lost what it does because they're from behind. They are a team that has to come out, get ahead, and play with a lead. They do not know how to deal with being down late in a ball game, and they go away from what they do best. The team total for the 49ers is 28 and a half. I'm not saying the Lions aren't going to win, and I'm certainly not saying they're not going to cover the seven, but the 49ers are going to score at will. Mark my word. I got confirmation as to what Dustin was lecturing about before the show from John Goulet, our boss. Dustin was demanding them all not eat McDonald's in front of him because it was too tempting. Ah, the big guy is busted. Okay, Mr. Diet. He was lecturing me today about how to get in shape. That was a fun combo. We're back with the four in Baltimore. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know, I probably like you, I live on my phone. So the new VSIN website has been very useful for that. I've been on it more than the old website, and I've been here five years already. We just adjusted a new paint job, fresh look, enhanced navigation, mobile first focus, and that's kind of the big deal here. We're all going to our phones. Improved functionality, expanded educational content, so sharp betters or uh, novice betters, get involved, vcin.com. Got you back here, Sharp Money. So we do have news. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. We are smack dab in the middle of it. I, I, these two matchups are now, again, a little bias with the Detroit Lions being in the mix. But I think the matchups are great. Now, those wondering as to why potentially, you know, the big time matchup between Lamar and Mahomes and Baltimore hosting Kansas City is first. They kind of rotate them every single year. So last year, AFC went second. This year, AFC is going to go first. So that's the early game. And we'll get to that game coming up in just a bit. But we do have news as we welcome you back. Debo didn't practice today. Now, that can mean a multitude of things. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's not going to play. He is 50-50 right now. But I can tell you as a guy that went to South Carolina, going back to South Carolina, Debo Samuel is always hurt. And it's just something you have to account for. And when a player like Debo is always hurt, you're going to have some data. So he is huge. Remember, Fezzik, professional sports better, talked about it. He said, you know, the status is Debo. Status of Debo is going to change how people approach this bet. And Dustin, let's just kind of start with the overview on what you found in doing your research with and without Debo there in the 49ers. Yeah, you mentioned it. Debo's always hurt. So I knew there would be a large sample size to look at how this team performs with or without him starting. I went through just games he didn't start, not games he got knocked out of, not games where he had a low snap count, just games where he didn't suit up at all because that lets us know what the game plan was going to be without him. They knew that they were prepping for him not to be there that day. How did they approach this? So Going back to 2019, he missed one game. 2020, he missed nine. 2021, he missed one. 2024, four. And he missed two this year. So that's 19 games. I'm sorry, 17 games without Debo Samuel in the lineup for the 49ers. So went through them straight up, how they covered, and how they scored. I will note, before we get into how it impacts the spread, they still score points without Debo Samuel in the lineup. 11 and 6 to the over without Debo in the lineup for San Francisco in their games when he doesn't suit up. However, when it comes to the side, things get a lot more interesting. 17 games without Debo Samuel straight up, they are 8 and 9. Last six games without Debo, they've performed better, 4 and 2, but here's where it impacts betters the ATS numbers 6 and 11. ATS overall when Debo doesn't suit up. That includes 0-3 against the spread over the last three games without Debo in the lineup. That's the impact this guy makes for the Niners. Okay, question on the totals. So do you have the averages as far as points scored with and without Debo? So without the 17 and then the width. We happen to have averages. If not, it's completely cool. I don't. I could do it in a break, though. 
Okay, let's do that because I, I, the ATS doesn't matter to me as much. I want to know what they're doing offensively, if that makes sense. Because, like you said, they are still scoring, so they're going to the over. But that doesn't necessarily, in context, tell us. Like, uh, I, I also, and I can dig into this as well, Dustin. I want to know the Purdy effects. Like, is he over overly reliant? We know that he's comfortable, Dustin Amal. We know he's comfortable with Ayuk, obviously Kittle but just the comfort level and attempts towards Debo. I want to go there too, uh, but that's good information. So again, kind of struggled the last few uh, without Debo Samuel, and he's going to be a big component here, Amal. There's no question about it. What he's able to do for them offensively, not just in the passing game, but in the running game, he ascends uh, Brandon Ayuk. He makes Christian McCaffrey even better than he already is. Just having that second guy, excuse me, uh, behind uh, McCaffrey. And then, of course, George Kittle, which we haven't even talked about much. Kittle, he's a guy that's been tremendous throughout his career for this team, really a key component for Purdy in certain situations. So it's, it's going to be interesting. But, guys, I know you're going to disagree with what I'm about to say here. I don't think he's going to be healthy enough to have an impact based on the shoulder injury, one-week turnaround. My thing is if I were San Francisco, and I know they'll get criticized if they were to say this publicly, I would sit Debo Samuel and I would roll the dice and see if I could beat the Detroit Lions without him, and I would want him healthy to face either Kansas City or Baltimore. I, I know that's a little bit of a kind of outlier there, but I think to beat one of those teams, you're going to need a healthy Debo Samuel. I'm gonna, we're going to talk to Middlecoff in about 25 minutes, and we'll find out you know, if there's any inside information in regards to Debo and his status, I, 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 they can be, look, you've got Christian McCaffrey, forget about Ayuk. If you have Christian McCaffrey and you have George Kittle, you should be able to beat 28 teams in this league. <laughs> Just get in a couple of sieves with that offensive line. Potentially. I mean, he's not the best, but one of the top five left tackles of all time. Let's, let's be clear about what the 49ers are rolling out there. Like this is a tremendous football team and that shouldn't be an issue. Their advantage should come on the defense side of the ball, and like I whispered in the first segment, big guy, they've struggled defensively. Yeah, so I, I did punch some numbers in just now. Uh, overall averages for San Francisco the last three years. Obviously, it includes some of these games where Debo is missed, but it gives you a general idea of how this offense has performed. Well, this year they averaged 28.88 points per game in 2023. They averaged 26.47 and 22 uh, without Debo in the lineup, according to my data that I had there, they averaged 24 points per game. So we're talking four points off, more than four points off the average from this year's squad. Yeah, he's a difference maker. Look, you're not going to, when we're talking about somebody that impacts in a position that impacts the number, you always start with the quarterback. For example, for years, it's now been Aaron Rodgers, six, six and a half points. He's going to have that type of impact on a number. It's not what novice, like general betters don't understand that a wide receiver, even a running back often, they're not going to really move the number, but Debo is going to affect this number a point, point and a half them all. There's no question about it. And I think, as you said, you laid it out perfectly. Who could you guys think of from an overall perspective that impacts a number that's non-quarterback? I don't think there's too many guys more than two on this team, CMC and Debo Samuel. You look around the rest of the league, I mean, if there's anybody you take off of Baltimore, nobody's going to affect the number. Maybe Travis Kelsey on the on the Chiefs, obviously. Tyreek Hill, if Tyreek Hill was out in yeah, Miami, he'd have a point and a half, two point impact on the number something it just there you're but your but your point is well taken and by the way I, just as an aside Christian McCaffrey a lovely player and again he had what 17 carries from 98 against Green Bay and he had 30 in the air I'm gonna Aaron Jones was the best running back in that game <laughs> he was outstanding oh, Aaron, Aaron, Jones. Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones was the best run like McCaffrey I just I think I need more he was great. It feels like this. I don't know. He was great at the beginning of the year. That's just kind of an aside. We can look at his prop numbers here in a bit as well. But would you guys think that Green Bay made a concerted effort, and they did a great job, minus the 39-yard run. I talked about it earlier. Uh, 16 carries for 59 yards. They really negated what McCaffrey was doing, whereas Jones was tremendous on the ground. I thought the thing that beat Green Bay was their play calling in the red zone on first and second That's down. That's it. That's I mean, it. They, kicked, they ended up kicking up field goals. I thought defensively they said, hey, guys, if we're going to get beat, Purdy's going to beat us, and that's fine. We'll live with the result. Yeah, there was. I, I thought McVeigh was 20 to 20. I thought he was, excuse me, I said McVeigh, LaFleur. It all comes from the tree. I thought from the 20s he was the better play caller, and then he freaked out when he got inside the 20s. That's really what happened. Yeah. I, I think Green Bay did a great job of poking holes through everything that San Francisco wants to do on offense and defense. 
which is why I have concerns for the Lions this week because I think once those were exposed, now the 49ers went back to work and said, well, how did they beat us? Now the Lions are going to have to find other holes to poke this week because I think Green Bay did a great job with their game plan to say, this is what San Francisco's done, and this is what we're going to take away today. Green Bay scored 21 in the divisional round. I believe their number as far as team total closed 17 and a half, so they went over it. You guys want to take a stab at where Detroit is team total? So the Detroit Lions team total coming up this Sunday. I'm, I'm going to say uh, 21 and a half. Mm, let's go with, well, it's a high total 51. I'll say 23. These games are tough with Amal and Dustin because they don't like to be wrong. Congratulations, Amal Shaw, 21 and a half. So 21 and a half. And, and again, I'm just throwing the number at you guys because we have to then start. I, I often look at the team totals to divide it, and then I take a look at the combined total, which is obviously 51. That's generally the way it goes. But sometimes I like to attack it team-wise. 28 and a half is freaking lofty for the 49ers, but don't be shocked if they get there. Yeah, but, you know, the thing is with – um, Dan Campbell's propensity to take certain risk on fourth down. This game could be interesting from a San Francisco perspective because you might be put in tougher spots. You might also wind up with some advantages if they fail in certain situations because we've seen throughout the course of the season, nobody's willing to be a bigger risk taker than Dan Campbell. No, he's, let's call him what he is. His name is not Dan Campbell. It's Dark Campbell. Because I mean, he's throwing, like, whether or not he goes for it, it's just flip a quarter, throw a dart. It's, it's vibes. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Don't, and Dustin, before you put a freaking smug smile on your face because you think I'm sandbagging my love for Dan Campbell, erase it. I know you're still hurt from the beginning of the show. Nothing, just understand, my guy throws darts. Okay? And I love him that way. Uh, Vibes. Some, some would say he's a gambler. And what city do gamblers usually come to? Lions going to the Super Bowl. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. I heard you, Dustin. Let's pull up the Campbell on end of the game and then golf, and then we'll get over to Kansas City and Baltimore. And before we do, VSIN annual subscription, $199, daily best bets, betting splits, big game betting guide. So here's the deal for a year, you know, set it and forget it kind of thing where. If you use the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P, you're going to get a full year and become a VEASAN Pro and get literally everything we offer, including the betting splits and the free picks betting page. Use the promo code SHARP, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We've got John Middlecoff coming up in just a bit. He's up in the Bay, does a great job covering the NFL. He used to be a scout in the NFL as well. He'll tell us what's happening with the 49ers. Dustin, you've got... Campbell, we kind of had fun with Dan Campbell, uh, and remember at the end of the game where they snapped the ball. I don't in real time. I don't know if you guys saw it, but they snapped the ball with 12 seconds left on the shot clock. <laughs> when I mean, it was just it was fascinating that they didn't manage that correctly because there should be somebody just like up in your ear being like, "Hey, this is exactly the way it's supposed to go." And then even more confounding, Todd Bowles didn't call a timeout to extend the game. Just wave the white flag. Uh, maybe you could set it up better than I, Dustin, but what do we have here with Campbell? Yeah, I think – I don't think a lot of us realized it in real time, what was happening, right, that, that there was going to be this chunk of about 12 seconds left on the clock. And I don't know who handled it worse, Dan Campbell or – Todd Bowles in the end, <laughs> you make the case for both of them for, for how poor it was. So Dan Campbell, obviously, he's a very transparent guy. We had Ben Raven on the show uh, last week who covers the team and said he, he can't lie. He's the most honest guy he's ever covered. He's the most yeah. genuine person he's ever covered. So Dan Campbell asked yesterday about the end of the game scenario, and he admits he screwed up. First of all, we didn't handle that whole thing well on our end. We should have bled it more than we did. Look, I'll be the first to admit that, uh, you know, and that's on me. Um, but, yeah, we, we knew they had a timeout left, um, and I could tell he wasn't going to call it, um, you know, and so that's just that's how it ended. <laughs> so 
If you think you have a head coach that's impressive, find you a mind reader and also somebody like like Mrs. Cleo. Remember her? Where he, she had a magic ball. I'm just putting this earpiece back in my ear. That's Dan Campbell. He knew what was happening in Todd Bulls' brain. So that's the reason that they mismanaged the clock in the most important game in 100 years of the franchise. Like this is – look, you think I'm having fun. Here's all I'm saying. It, in a big spot, he will botch it. Hello, Dallas. But we're hoping that the culture and everything that he's built around it overcompensates for the inevitable botch. Because a guy that can't count at the end of a football game, that's an issue. Why are you squint? Why are you like wincing? Like I said something that's incorrect. He just said that's on me. That's on me. Well, no, it just reminds me of like his 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 reasoning for it happening is like when Goulet calls me, is like, hey, I noticed you did this today at work, and I thought we went over, we should never do that, and I have to come up with an excuse on the fly for why I did something that was completely wrong, and at the end it kind of trails off. If you notice, his words and thoughts just kind of trailed off because he didn't have a good explanation for why it happened. I felt like Dan Campbell in that moment. I don't know if that should make okay, you feel well, better I have an answer for you. I have an answer for you and Campbell. Prepare better, and then if you botch it, just be honest. You can't go to Goulet with an excuse. He's eventually going to snuff you out. Campbell can't come to the press conference with, I was reading Todd Bowles' mind. We know you're lying. Just say, you know what? <laughs> he did Had just say counting. His mind. It's not going to happen again. <laughs> he did just say, I read Todd Bowles' mind from the other you, side. He, dude, he said it. <laughs> I knew he was. And then he caught himself and he was like, that was wild. <laughs> anyway. You guys are correct in this statement that he made, right? That, you can't make the statement, I'm reading the other guy's mind. The only thing, I, I'm going to defend Dan Campbell for a second, though. When they didn't take the timeout after first down, you're not going to take the timeout. Because, in essence, you're hoping there's a fumble on the snap. So why wouldn't you want to give yourself the maximum amount of time? No, but what's, what's wild is they could have called the timeout, 12, 13 seconds left. At that point, Detroit would line up to kick a field goal or a punt. And who knows what can happen after that? that you're, you're right on that. You, you know what? I thought it was funny because I looked at the clock when it was a minute 33. I thought Detroit was going to actually run two plays. And I go, that'll take six seconds. And by the time the play clock gets set, you will be at a minute 20 after Tampa takes their first time out. Or not at a minute 20 there, but you'll be in a situation where three kneel downs will work. You, you're right about that in the sense that I, I miscalculated. I apologize. Well, I, yeah, I, no, I see what I, you're saying. The specifics don't matter to me. It's him saying that he literally yeah. was reading Todd Bowles' mind. That brings us back to the – and we're getting off track, but that brings us back to the Super Bowl where everybody, because he had so much equity, gave Bill Belichick credit for not calling oh the timeout God. because Seattle, he, yeah. thought, he thought Seattle was flustered. No! You froze. <laughs> you froze. It takes a child to understand. You froze. You didn't know it was chaotic. You froze. Carol botched it, and that's the reason he's not going to the Hall of Fame. Stop it. But, but you know, Patrick brings up a great point in reference to what happened with uh, Bill Belichick in that Super Bowl. And then also, think about this, guys. Nobody is still remembering the play in Dallas where they should have kicked the extra point from the seven-yard line because they ended up hosting the game. It wouldn't have been a scenario if they had won the game. We were not even having the conversation. But if they had to travel to Dallas last week instead of playing Tampa, all of a sudden you're like, dude, the whole conversation for the whole week would have yes. been, why did you kick the ball from the seven-yard line? That, 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 that is the greater point, and that's what me and my friends always text about. It's like maybe he's just so good at culture and everything else that it will overcompensate for the inevitable, inevitable pardon me, botch because – it's come every single game. You point to Campbell, you go, "That was hilarious," but they still won. Which that's that's vibes. Well, don't laugh, Dustin. That's my that's my guy. Uh, my guy. I've always been on Team Campbell. Kansas City at Baltimore. Let's start it, and then we'll continue it after Middlecoff. I think probably surprising to most of you that this number went to four. And I'll start with the boys here. Again, it's not four everywhere. Most shops, a majority, 70% are sitting Baltimore three and a half. I just thought, if anything, based on Mahomes at Buffalo, I thought that number would be driven down. I did think we'd peak at three and a half, but I, th I thought this would settle in at three. Shocked that it went to four. 
I would agree with you, Patrick, uh, but I think because the money you get right now the week prior to the game, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, is more professional money than it is recreational money, I think you'll see a lot more Chiefs money come Saturday and Sunday. But the way this Baltimore team has played defensively, guys, you know, we've talked about hiring an offensive-minded head coach, a coordinator, but Mike McDonald, this is a guy, I don't know if the timing is going to be bad for him because they potentially are in the Super Bowl and then you don't have the same opportunities as maybe some of these other jobs that are getting filled. But this Ravens team has been sensational. Now, there are a couple outliers at home. We saw the game against the Rams. They give up a ton of points. But C.J. Stroud and company were cooking a lot of people offensively this year. And they scored three points in offense in that game. And I'll tell you right now, I didn't even know the Texans ran their offense out in the second half. Yeah, McDonald, he's going to get a head coaching job. I hope it doesn't end like Vrabel, where you just lose coordinator after coordinator and you end up being one of the worst teams over a two-year stretch in football. I'm sorry. That's just facts. I think people think that I'm being mean, including Dustin Sweetelson, when I knock Vrabel. You are. Okay. Well, let me just do the math. 13-21 and 21 the last two years, the 27th and 28th offense overall. That is because Mike Vrabel doesn't have a specificity in offense. I'm not being a jerk. Don't laugh at me. I'm, you can tell I just have one of those Celsius drinks because I got a lot of energy today. But I also don't want to be laughed at when I'm remarkably correct. Hey, by the way, Mike Vrabel might be taking over that Ferrari down in Atlanta. He just interviewed for the Falcons. Mike, oh, Vra- no. Ma- Mike, Vra- Mike Vrabel. Oh, you know what I have for you guys? We'll get to the. We'll get back to this game. I have this. Harbaugh. What well, he's. About 12 miles that way, right? He's in Los Angeles right now. You know where Harbaugh's going tomorrow? I will travel for leverage. He's going back to Atlanta for interview number two. Okay? Follow me here. Michigan is also working on a deal, so he's got a triangle of leverage. <laughs> Atlanta, Ann Arbor, and Los Angeles. Mike Vrabel is in Atlanta today uh, for his second interview. Evero, the defensive coordinator, also in Atlanta today for an interview. Bobby Slowick is going to be in Atlanta tomorrow for a second interview. What does this all point to? Bill Belichick is not a good interviewee. (laughs) He hasn't done it in 30 years. I mean, who would have guessed that that effervescent personality went into a room and didn't exactly bowl them over? Well, I'm right. When you're somewhere for 27 years and you just win nonstop and then you got to go impress new people, it's a little different story. I don't disagree with any of what you said. He doesn't even have a current resume or CV, right? But do you think he just went in there and brought in the box, the jewelry box, and said, by the way, one that should have been yours. Here you go. Uh, I will tell you this, though. I just went on LinkedIn. There is a Bill Belichick profile on LinkedIn, so hopefully you can get some endorsements here before the day <laughs> is over. Pick up a new gig. Well, I'm not saying I'm worried about coaches being shady, uh, but you, you guys did hear Doc Rivers is now the new <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks head coach. I will say this. When I came into my studio today, I peeked in to see if he was sitting in my seat because that guy is shady. <laughs> Uh, By the way, did you know triangles are the strongest shape? Just wanted to point that out. Shout the triangles. John Middlecoff, former scout, Bay Area, radio host, podcast host next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, DraftKings new customers, $5, get 200 instantly in bonus bets when you place a bet. VSIN is the promo code. It's a great deal. All for new customers. Download that DraftKings app. And remember, if you're a customer already, don't worry. No sweat. Same game parlay every day. DraftKings, the crown is yours. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. John Middlecoff joins us, former NFL scout, at John Middlecoff on Twitter. Good follow. You can check out the podcast, Volume Network, Haberman and Middlecoff. That one specifically covers the Bay Area and then General Football 3 and Out podcasts. And we say hi to John. Hi, John. Good to talk to you again. And we'll start here. I loved at John Middlecoff on Twitter where you were... I guess you could say you were critical about Kyle's handling of that game against Green Bay. Why? Well, once your quarterback's struggling to throw the ball, I mean, hey, thanks for having me on. Thank it, you. I, I just think that you have, I mean, one of the best, most versatile running backs we've ever seen. And clearly he was the best running back in the league this season. And he's proven to be one of the best players in the league when he's healthy. And Kyle's proven to ride McCaffrey. And then they get in this game, and I, and I understand he is very uh, – he gets very set to his game plan because a lot of times it works seamlessly, right? It's why they're in their, whatever, their fourth NFC championship game in five or six years. And he's had all the success he's had without having, you know, quote unquote, star quarterbacks. But that was a classic example for, especially he's a run guy that he just kept forcing the pass with a quarterback that just can't grip it when it rains. Like we have enough evidence now. It happened in Cleveland. It's happened in this game. It was, a disaster, and this is not week five, right? This was you're a 10-point favorite at home against the defense. The guy just got fired today. <laughs> so the, uh, and it had nothing to do with that game. Like, he was he was going to get fired regardless after the season in Green Bay. I just thought Kyle was very stubborn, and, and I think sometimes he gets like that with his game plans because they work a lot. And in his mind, he's like the Albert Einstein of football. And listen, I, I don't. I understand why he is cocky and has the ego in his ability to scheme throughout the week. But sometimes you've got to adjust on the fly. It's really what made Belichick the greatest coach of all time. Is he was so indifferent to plays and play style and just do whatever it took to win that game. And sometimes Kyle just can get stubborn that way. John, kind of staying on that theme, what do you make of the fact that now this is the second time in a big spot he's gotten very conservative with the offense uh, in terms of what they're going to do near the end of the half. We saw it in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs this past Saturday. They had plenty of time. The way they were running the clock down late, you would have thought they were positioning themselves for a game-winning field goal. Yeah, to me, you either trust your quarterback or you don't. You, you can't, you know, uh, nitpick and, and pick and choose different times when you do and you don't. Right, so like the Lions, say what you want. Like they trust Jared Goff, and they're ultimately going to win or lose by putting it on his shoulders to pass in big situations. They've done it all season long, and Kyle, his words, and for a lot of times his actions. Like I really trust Purdy, and then you get into a situation where, like you said, like you get you prove that you don't trust him. So you, you can't tell me you do when your actions just show me you don't. Because I've seen you do that with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, who clearly you didn't trust. So uh, I think that now is simply Purdy in the rain. They're not going to trust, and they trust him every other time. 
you know, we'll see because it's not supposed to rain, I guess, right this Sunday. And then obviously in the Super Bowl, it, it would be in a dome. But that, that is just something that – and sometimes when the game's not going well, Kyle, Kyle gets like that. Like he doesn't, he doesn't just have this gunslinger mentality. And I think sometimes it gets to his quarterback, he kind of ebbs and flows how that guy is playing. John Middlecoff joining us, former NFL scouts, got a couple of great podcasts, Volume Network, of course, at John Middlecoff on Twitter. Okay, you know betting, so I'm just going to throw the numbers at you, and you tell me what you think. The 49ers are seven-point favorites, John, and the total is 51. You know, I I think we're going to overreact a little bit to last week with the Niners, right? They clearly came out flat in the rain, impacted their – quarterback immensely and they lost Debo Samuel who at least this week we know you know that they can prepare for him not being around so I, I think a lot of people and I'm sure you guys are talking like everyone's going to take the Lions and I actually could see the Niners coming out and playing really well uh, I, I'm just a little hesitant like I, I'm kind of spooked after last week and the one thing with the Lions like they could last week was a little easier than the previous week but it's not, it's not like they've just been dominating their opponent. So I, I like the over. I mean, the Niners' run defense has been anemic. I mean, it's really been bad. You know, I think their defense is a little overrated right now. Like, clearly the two NFC defenses are way worse than the two AFC defenses. And uh, I just think a lot of points, if it's not raining, are going to be scored in this game because the Lions can't cover me or you. The 49ers, besides Charvarius Ward, are really struggling to cover people. I mean, Ambry Thomas is getting cooked. And their, their defensive line, which I think when we say the 49ers over the last half decade, all these good teams, you think, you know, defensive line, defensive line. Well, yeah, Nick Bosa's good. But what about everybody else? And they're not good. They're actually closer to the Lions in the sense of, like, they have Aiden Hutchinson, and then they got a bunch of other random guys and some good linebackers. So, uh, yeah, I, I think a decent amount of points are going to be scored in this game. Two great offensive coordinators. John, we already know the defensive issues with the Lions. They've given up 676 yards passing in the two games in the postseason. But you brought up a great point, which is this defensive front for San Francisco. Will they be able to get pressure on Goff based on the way this Lions offensive line is played without bringing a backer or anything else like that? Because you said it. Even Nick Bosa was missing in action last weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's hard. I mean, they had an issue in the middle of the season, if you remember, uh, against the Vikings on that Monday night football game. Wilkes, who, you know, Kyle kind of likes being conservative on defense and just letting his defensive line hunt. But Wilkes is kind of the opposite. He likes blitzing more. And then they lost that game against the Vikings because, remember, they blitzed right, after, right before halftime and they gave up a big touchdown. And then they had a bye week. And then, they, then he moves from the booth down. So, you know, they've kind of neutered his ability to just do what he wants to do. Uh, obviously, Greenlaw and Fred Warner are good blitzing linebackers because of their athleticism and physicality. But one thing when he was with the Rams, now, Goff that being, now the Rams' offensive line beside Whitworth, especially over like 19 and 20 and 18, was not as deep and solid as this Lions' offensive line. But they got pressure on Goff, and he kind of melted and folded. And uh, that's obviously the key to them dominating Sean McVay all those years. Well, if you watch Jared Goff, he's not getting hit as much now. How are the 49ers, if Nick Bosa doesn't turn into the Nick Bosa that got $125 million guaranteed, how are they going to get on him? So if they can't get on him, I think we got a real game. If they're hitting Goff, I think this, uh, you know, this, they could cover the seven points pretty easily. Okay, John Middlecoff leaning 49ers and the over. That is the late matchup. We've got about two minutes. I'd love to get your thoughts. The Chiefs at the Ravens. I I don't know if this surprises you, but most shops are showing three and a half with the Ravens favorite, but we've seen a couple of fours, which means they're betting the Ravens and the number's moving that way. Does that surprise you? Yeah, I mean, I I think in a vacuum, not factoring in like legacies and the coach and all that stuff, everyone, the Ravens are a better team. Right? I think if you've watched them start to finish top, uh, offensively, defensively, uh, th- this is a, this is a Super Bowl winning team. I, I just think you go, well, you are kind of playing the Belichick and Brady of the 2020s, now in Andy and Mahomes. And we just saw last week, they're unfazed playing on the road. 
like Baltimore's a good home environment and it's a good home field in the playoffs. It's not Buffalo. And they went in there and they won a game that you go, God, how did they win that game? So they've proven forever that they can win at home. Now they've proven they can win on the road. Uh, I Baltimore should be the pick, but do you, do you like betting against like Michael Jordan or Tom Brady or Tiger Woods? <laughs> you know, that's, that's what it kind of feels like, right? It, it certainly does. What's the difference? What's the biggest difference between San Francisco and Arizona? Uh, in, in terms of what? The Cardinals? In terms of just lifestyle. Now, I know the taxes are better, oh, but oh, I, know, oh, I heard oh, you oh, moved oh, to Arizona. Living. What about lifestyle? Oh, it's just newer, better, lower taxes. People are happy here. <laughs> I mean, I, everything. <laughs> I don't think people realize the weather in Northern California where you lived in San Francisco. Like people, people just think, oh, it's California. I, it's sunny all the time and warm. The, I didn't live in the city. I lived in the suburbs. And it, I mean, it would, it would get warm, but it's it still, it can get cold there. It's just dreary. Uh, obviously, the stuff that happened just in society starting in 2020, I, I would put San Francisco up against the worst in terms of the most, you know, radical enforcements of it all the opposite here uh i i can't i can't love scottsdale anymore all right well enjoy it haberman and middlecoff that's the podcast also three and out podcast volume network john middlecoff at john middlecoff on twitter thanks john enjoy the football yeah see you fellas later guys okay see you later there goes mr middlecoff he was pretty bullish on the 49ers and i agree with him on that total i don't think either team's gonna stop the other one We come back. Mike Palm joins. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 